Using the infrastructure network to create sustainable power is an exciting solution to the world's expanding power needs. Dr. Samer Jasuki joins the podcast to discuss pavement energy harvesting and its numerous applications. Transportation infrastructure. It's what keeps our economy moving and gets people safely where they need to go. But maintaining safe, reliable infrastructure assets is a complex challenge that requires innovative solutions. I'm Nick Frank from Agile Assets, and I'll be your guide as we navigate through the complex and evolving world of infrastructure asset management. My guest today is Dr. Samer Dasuki. He is a professor in the School of Civil and Environmental Engineering and Construction Management at the University of Texas, San Antonio. He has more than 20 years of experience in infrastructure sustainability, pavement management, and safety. Professor Dasuki is recognized for his work in energy harvesting and has served as a keynote speaker, chair, and co-chair of numerous conferences on pavement sustainability. Dr. Dasuki, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nick, for having me today. Can you tell me about your role at UTSA? What do you teach? What are you researching? Uh, what are some of the things that, that you're working on? I'm a professor at UTSA, uh, University of Texas at San Antonio, for about 14 years. And I teach undergraduate and graduate students highway engineering, construction materials, pavement materials. Recently, I uh, work primarily in uh, research new ideas that I believe it's going to fit very well with how we see pavement in the future. So my primarily uh, work is in pavement materials, designing asphalt mix, analyzing pavement structures. But I uh, moved ahead and I worked in in a new topics, which is the topic that uh, we have today, uh, pavement energy harvesting. Tell me a little bit about what that is. What is pavement energy harvesting? I was really uh, excited to see uh, how we use our roof for our uh, residential houses to be a source of harvesting power from the solar energy. And I was excited to see that even the roof that it's always gonna be used for like shielding the structures and uh, covering the houses to be used in a different alternative, not just by covering residentials, but also for harvesting solar power. I was looking into the literature, Googling a lot of ideas, and I came across one of the companies that looked into why not we can use asphalt pavement roadways in the same manner to harvest power. And I said, okay, that's, uh, to me, that's the same concept. We have uh, black shingles in our roof, and we have black pavement as well. The difference is that uh, Black shingle is owned by uh, private people. Pavement is owned by the government or the DOTs. It's, it's a public infrastructure, but it doesn't matter. It's the same structure that could host solar panel into it and does the same work. So I was really excited to see that. And that's what triggered me to think of, okay, that's a very nice topic. It's different than what I usually do. 
and it is innovative and I love to do innovative stuff. I love it. So that's what triggers me to jump into pavement energy harvesting. And that's just one example of it. Are there different types of the energy harvesting? And if so, what are they? And, and please tell me that I am wrong in my vision of thinking we're just going to put solar panels into the road or how would that work? And that's exactly, that's something is not common for people to think of. That's exactly true. What The vision that you have in your mind is correct. Uh, having solar panel on the road is a future. And it is done, believe it or not. It is done in a very small scale. I can recall uh, a bike road in the Netherlands that they have done it. I can recall uh, a one-kilometer stretch in France. They have done it. And I recall a couple of uh, rest area in uh, Atlanta, Georgia that they have a test uh, section of integrating solar panel on the rest area, the parking lot. And I visited some of those sections. So it is done. It is not a typical solar panel that we have over the roof. It is just a different manufacturer with a different texture, with a different design, because you're going to have heavy traffic uh, vehicles driving over them or parking over them. So it is what you have in your vision as you see a solar on the road and i tell you it is innovative and innovative means something we're not used to it we haven't seen it before but it is innovative because it is the future we expect to be coming to our infrastructure it is only one type of it there is many many ways to do energy harvesting i just want to throw in an example that everybody will understand and everybody might be familiar with You know, I was excited to talk to you about this topic because this is not something that I knew a lot about or really thought, I guess, about in in the back of my brain. Maybe I did, but never once did did I think about, okay, solar panels in the road or a version of them in the road because it makes so much sense to capture that energy because the sun is just beating down everywhere. So how does the road generate the energy in these areas where, you know, we've got the panels, if we've got a a big stretch of road that now has these panels in that, how does that generate energy and and where does it go? What I described is the extreme, which is we still need more time to get to the bottom of it and try to expand this technology over uh, the roadway itself. But as, as you know, we always try to begin somewhere. So really having them installed over the pavement is what we expect to be done. And that's why we're still experimenting that. But eventually you can look into, I mean, you can Google that anytime and you can see that the solar panel are installed along the roadway. For example, uh, you see the medians or the sides of the roads, they can build, they take advantage of the right of way to build a solar panel, which is, you know, over a steel frame that can move with the sun and you can take the space within the roadway to build them. I've seen them built over uh, sound wall barriers. And you know, these are the sound walls, you have them along the interstates. I've seen them built over uh, some of the signage, some of the small signs uh, that pop in and illuminate the traffic lights warning signals so you you can see that i mean i i bet you have seen that somewhere small uh, 
one foot by one foot solar panel over a signage that just turned on from the power that the panel is collecting over the day. If, if, you, if you envision this, that you make it on a larger scale, and we have a very wide road, but outside of that pavement road, you have some green areas, which we call them the sides, uh, but that's within the right of way. And that's a space. We already have that space. It's part of the road. You cannot drive over it, but it is part of it. So the whole idea is why not we can take advantage of that space and install into it a solar panels. And that's what other countries have really attempted to do and build a solar farm, not in a larger scale, but along the roadway. And eventually they try to bring that technology to the roadway in a very small steps, just to see if it's going to work or not. But it is done. As I said, it is in the beginning of being implemented widely. And I'm expecting to be really everywhere. And now that you say it out loud, it just makes so much sense. And it's kind of one of those, those things where you go like, why was this not part of the plan almost from the beginning? Because it just seems like there's just so much space to to have that. And you're right. I think now that I do think about it, I have seen the the smaller little solar panels while driving, like it just makes more sense that, hey, this is something we should be doing and something that can be part of our transportation plans going forward. And so is this something that you see could be part of like, pavements, bridges, airports? I mean, is this something that could be used in, in everything in transportation? Absolutely. And we have to be very careful before expanding to other infrastructure, bridges and airports. Uh, first, we have to work whether it's going to work well on road, pavement roadway, especially the asphalt ones, and get to test them up out and we get to try them out and we have to monitor their performance over years to see whether it is feasible to use them or not. The countries that have used them so far, uh, they are still experimenting how these panels could be installed, how they keep them to work efficiently, but sometimes it might not work. So they had to bring it up and take it out and revise the solar panel again. I call it solar panel because that's what we call it, but it's a module. It's in a, it's in a different term, but it has a different design. So they have to take it out, redesign it, re-improve it, and then put it back. So once we are comfortable having them in pavement, which, you know, it is the largest infrastructure, transportation infrastructure we have, then we can upgrade them to be used on bridges and then eventually the airport. So it is a step-by-step. We have to start again, as I said, somewhere. And once we are getting comfortable with this technology, then we can move on to the next infrastructure. But that doesn't prevent us to keep using them still along the sites, like the signals or the warning signage that you mentioned. We still can keep them away from that. And that's still feasible too. Uh, You can, can still see some of those solar panels installed along the sides of the runways for eliminating the uh, warning signals in the airport area. Uh, you can see them along the edges or the barriers of the concrete uh, bridges. So you still can keep them vertically along the sides, but to put them on the pavement or on the bridge or on the runway, I guess this is still needs some time to allow us to get there. 
But pavement is the most common once you can start experimenting this technology, and then you can go to the most uh, critical infrastructure as a next step. And as we dive a little bit more into the pavement, do you see if there's a difference between the energy harvesting for either like concrete versus asphalt pavement? Do you think there's a difference there? Uh, in, in the example we're mentioning about integrating solar into the pavement, it doesn't make a difference. It is, for me, the pavement here is the platform that you install the solar modules over it. So it doesn't matter what is underneath. As far as it is a stable, solid support to those modules, it works. Because usually, I mean, at that case, you don't really take the surface of the pavement to make a difference in the solar integration to it. It is just a surface to support it. What does the work is the solar modules on top. So it doesn't matter. You can put them in any structure you want. But what might make a difference in the overall performance of the solar panel is if you know more about the solar modules and how they work, if the efficiency of those solar modules becomes uh, less, if their temperature becomes too hot or too warm. So if you envision installing them on over a hot asphalt road, their efficiency might become less if you install them over a concrete pavement, because concrete pavement is a little cooler depends because of the, the light color that they have. So you would expect that the efficiency, and efficiency here is how much the power solar modules will produce. So you would expect that concrete pavement, if the solar is installed over it, would produce more power than if it is installed over an asphalt pavement. And would that be the same, or not the same, but very similar in terms of what it could be, let's say, in northern Minnesota in the middle of winter where it's very cold, or the heat of Texas in the summer? Do you think there could be challenges with coming up with the, the right formula for the different weather as well? That's a very interesting question. Pavement have challenges. Uh, depends where the pavement is constructed. Pavement in South Texas has different challenges to sustain heat. And in Northern Minnesota has challenges to maintain, you know, stability in very cold weather. So we do expect that if you have a solar modules installed over it, that you will gonna run through some other challenges as well. We don't see a lot of snow here, and that makes it is very suitable to have solar modules installed over uh, pavement in South Texas because most of the day, I mean, it's it's an assets, and these assets cost money, and basically you want to get a return of that investment. So you're gonna look into how many days a year, how many hours a day I have exposure to the solar system. So you can eventually tell how much power you expect to produce out of it. If you look into the other side in Minnesota, I mean, you have to really run your numbers to check whether the exposure to snow, uh, cloud days, uh, how many hours a day you expect these solar modules to function and produce power, because that's the whole purpose of it. You are producing power. You are using the roadway as a platform to produce energy and power because you're going to use them. You're not just 
throwing these assets on the pavement for no reason. So you really have, it's an investment. You have to look into this investment, what I'm going to get out of it. So it all depends on your calculations. It might work very well in Minnesota. Depends on if, if you have the technology that can make sure that these solars are not covered by snow, for example. The cloud days are not going to affect the efficiency of those solar modules. So you really have to look into the numbers. But if you look at, in general, I would expect that the functionality and the feasibility of having the solar modules in a warm, uh, sunny region would be a better return of an investment than installing them in a cold region. And you hit move your assets bingo when you mention return on investment of assets, something that we very much do like to dive into and discuss on here because I think the ability to see a big return is really important for any transportation agency because these are expensive and they are time-consuming projects that happen. And so having that return on your investment is, is really important. And so with that in mind, is there a correlation between pavement energy harvesting and the life cycle of an assessment? Is this something that you could see that could really bring out a bigger return on pavement assets? Absolutely. Again, as I told you, I, I love looking into innovative technology, not using the pavement as a conventional infrastructure that allow people to move from one point to another, which is the pavement, what the pavement is all about. It allows us to move. That's the whole idea. Driving over it with vehicles, enhancing our economy and all this, this purpose of this infrastructure. But I looked at it as, as a platform, as I told you. It's a platform. It's a place that we can use it in other applications. So one of the applications I looked at is why not we can use that space, which is in there already. We have it. We paid for it. We take care of it every year to be a structure for producing power. And the word producing power is, is a revenue, if you look at it from that. So that infrastructure allows us to move. So that by itself, it pays back to us by allowing us to move and enhancing our economy, going to war, going to schools. But at the same time, it could be a structure to provide more revenue to the community. And one way you can do that is using that infrastructure to produce power. And that's the key for the future. I'm not sure if, if you have an electric vehicle or not, but eventually we, we, we all will have one vehicle in our garage that is electric vehicles. So there's gonna be a massive demand on power at one point. And that's gonna overstrain our power grids might not be sufficient with the power that we have to also have a vehicle that requires this massive power. So here is, here is the solution right there. Uh, using this infrastructure as a place to integrate solar modules or solar panels to close the gap and the demand for the electric vehicles and produce the power from the pavement and feed that into our electric vehicles that's going to flood the market at one point or another. So that's, I would see this is a, a, an integrating component to the life cycle cost. You are making the pavement now to provide revenue because this power eventually is going to be sold to the users, the end users, which is the owner of the vehicles. So you, get have, you make the pavement now to produce revenue 
this revenue could be used in a lot of things. I mean, you can use that to repair the pavements, expand the pavement network, adding more, you know, lanes, signage, I mean, improve this infrastructure for the community. So instead of just allow us to move, now we are taking it to the next level. So this is a very integrating component to the life cycle cost, because now you make the pavement to produce revenue to you. That's how I see it in very simple words. I mean, no more than just explaining in that way of generating income more than what it used to be. Samer, I didn't think this morning, I knew I was going to have my mind expanded by the idea of pavement energy harvesting. But just that last answer is really like my mind is racing now on the potential applications of this and thinking about the idea that the taxpayers such as yourself and myself help pay for the pavements in the roads and then the installation of solar panels that could then make the road profitable that we could then in turn use that profit to either a like you said pay for the next road or create energy that goes back to the taxpayers. I'm I'm trying to word that in the right way of right now, you know, we're paying for roads, bridges, interstates, things like that. But now we could theoretically for that same amount of tax money, then pay for energy for ourselves. Um, So the applications just it's my mind is just running wild on the potential applications of what this could have to our, as you mentioned, economy, our society, our ability to produce power, because I agree, I think we are in such a a movement towards more uh, electric vehicles. So I agree on that. And so you kind of touched on a lot of the sustainability aspects of what energy harvesting can contribute to our society. I think I kind of have an idea because we've kind of discussed it a little bit, but what do you see as the energy, uh, the status of this movement in the United States? Are we moving that direction? Is this something that's going to take five, 10 years for more DOT cities and counties and things like that to adopt? You know, you mentioned the European countries are probably a little bit ahead of the United States on this. Like where is the U.S. in energy harvesting and their viewpoint of moving forward? Yes, Europe is ahead of the game. And uh, most of the work that I've been collecting so far have been done elsewhere but the United States. Uh, We still have a baby steps to get into this. We're still very conservative. We're still very good in installing those uh, on roofs. The steps into having this into the infrastructure, in the transportation infrastructure is is not as fast paced as I expect. Because again, it's a technology. You have to really study it well. You have to test it correctly, you have to take the time until you get to the point that it is ready for a full implementation. But I was excited to see that other countries have taken that step even uh, aggressively by installing them on the roads and giving a shot and see how things will work. And that's the real example to see whether this is going to get implemented as you expect or not. I just touch base on what this energy can be, uh, what the solar on the road can be used in terms of the electric vehicles. But really what triggers me when I started to do the work is not just about electric vehicles. I was looking into powering and electrifying rural areas. That's what triggers my work initially. 
rural areas doesn't have really the same luxury of network uh, sensors, activities, uh, services like urban areas has. And one of those are uh, lacking access to power grid. It costs the power companies a lot of money to run the electric power grid to them far from the urban areas. So having a built-in solar systems or solar modules in near rural areas, specifically along the roadways, was what triggered me when I started this work, especially when I look into uh, crashes and accidents that happens in rural areas and I compare that to urban areas. There is no enough signals, signage, warning signals, and and traffic lights in the rural areas, specifically when you have an interstate right to head through a rural small town. I get through a lot of crashes records that the solution is all about lacking access to maybe power signal or light signals, which is very simple solution to solve. And then the whole idea came in together to say, okay, maybe we can, maybe we can have just solve the power problem by make the road to power itself and provide that source of power to light signals, which is a very simple solution to avoid having that crash. And then the idea started to grow more and more and more. And I said, okay, maybe, maybe we can use the road to generate power to residential houses. Why not? It is still, we can make the road, which is that infrastructure to be providing. So I I run the numbers again, and we can see that, yes, we can provide this power to the houses. So we can save on the expanding the electric grid and use the roadways and the right of way to generate power for these houses. And then the idea even expanded more to look into electric vehicles. So I'm back now to the urban areas, which you expect a lot of buyers of electric vehicles. And here is the idea keeps growing and growing. So there is a lot of applications you could use this concept of energy harvesting from pavement that covers rural and urban. You still see that we are not up to the challenge at the moment. The solar that we put on the roof is not the solar we put on the pavement. It has to have a different design, a different texture. It shouldn't have problems with the driver when you have a vehicle driving over, it has to be very strong, it has to be transparent, it has to have a certain texture, so you don't feel that it's a different than a regular pavement. And this has it still, still needs to be experimented more to find that solution that you can just put it on the pavement and eventually you can use it. So I can see that we are not there yet, but we are taking a baby step. So I'm, I'm hoping to see this in the next five years, we started to do some work regarding that in our lab, but I see the aggressive part of it in other countries, in Europe and China. And I guess once they have that aggressive step, we will move in ahead further and further. And what push us more to get this done faster is the electric vehicles. That it's going to flood the market. This is going to really expedite us to get to that point faster. I, I really don't have a, a time span. It's all triggered by a reason. And I see electric vehicles would be a main reason for us to expedite getting there. Powering electric vehicles, potentially adding more safety signs and powering rural areas that struggle with getting good power from the grid, saving on expanding the power grid, a lot of amazing potential future applications that you've touched on today. 
Before I let you go, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you would like to add? Yes. Since I see this as a new technology that requires a lot to invest on until we see the fruit out of it, but at least we started somewhere. And given that everybody can see uh, some of those solar in, integrated in warning signals and traffic lights. Uh, so we, what we did is that we touched base on why not we can use those energy harvesting to set to to develop a sensing or a sensor network within the roadway, which is a, a very simple application. I know we are after what we call smart cities. And that required that we have to have cameras everywhere. We have sensors everywhere to monitor traffic, to monitor pedestrians, to monitor cyclists, find out the temperatures, the humidity, the environment conditions, looking into to monitor uh, traffic routes, monitor congestions. So we definitely need to look into sensors integration in our network, in the roadways, in the buildings. And these sensors need power. There is no problem that these sensors require a lot of power. The sensor itself doesn't need a lot of power, but when you have hundreds of them in one intersection, for example, then you need some power to cover that. And you don't want to really tap into the power grid for the same reason. So we see that the energy harvesting from the pavement would provide a source of power for these sensors. These sensors are available. So there is, it's not the topic of what we have here. It is how we activate those sensors which they need power, but they don't need much, very milliwatt range. And the technology of energy harvesting could be the source of power for these sensors. And these sensors are key for warning drivers, uh, warning pedestrians, illuminating signals, illuminating uh, signage for pedestrians, for drivers. And imagine having this key, which we don't have. I mean, I have trouble seeing some signage at night. I guess a lot of drivers have the same issue. Now, when you use this uh, energy harvesting from the pavement, you can have this small LED lighting along, along the signals. It can illuminate at night for free. Nothing to restrain or strain our power grids. So now we are improving the safety of our drivers. And that's another key, and it's it's a good start. I've seen a lot of technology get into there. Uh, we built similar, several prototypes in our lab. I see the movement towards that is much, much bigger than having a full-scale energy harvesting solar modules on the pavement, but it's a good start. A lot of people are working on it. It's getting the fruit out of it, and we see benefits from using the power to, to activate sensors. Installing solar panels into our roads to create power, more safety in rural areas, and the ability to lessen the burden on our power grids. Pavement energy harvesting is something that I really hope our, our leaders in transportation invest in because, Samer, this seems like a slam dunk idea of something that could really, really help in a lot of different ways. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing this in-depth knowledge with us today. Thanks, Nick. Uh, again, uh, really appreciate that you get the words out in this episode uh, about energy harvesting. Uh, I guess the more we educate the community about it, uh, the more we can push to get it to be implemented. If you want to learn more about transportation asset management strategies that save time, money, and lives, head on over to agileassets.com. 
Once again, thank you to Professor Samer Dasuki for sharing his expertise with us today. I'm Nick Frank. Join us again next month for another edition of Move Your Assets.